This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Uh, welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Uh, this podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training. This critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents and customers throughout the rest of the year. This series will focus on helping you create and facilitate the most effective training so we, as an industry, can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness for your staff. My name is Ruby Compton. I'm the summer camp program director at Green River Preserve. We are an environmentally based uh, summer camp in Western North Carolina. Hi, my name is Gabrielle, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Waro. Uh, camp Waro is an all-girls camp with a French and English program, and I'm talking to you from Montreal right now. And I'm Beth Allison, co-owner of Camp Hacker, and I was an executive director and camp director for 15 years in Muskoka, Ontario, Canada, and I'm now a camp consultant with my husband, Travis, and I'm talking to you from Woodstock, Ontario. Super. So today's topic I'm really excited about because in a lot of ways, it's the heart of staff training, um, and that is community building. And I want my staff to be prepared for what is to come. I know that that's what training is all about. I also acknowledge that I can't possibly teach them everything they need to know for the summer in that short amount of time. Um, however, I think that the, your leadership training is really critical for laying the foundation for your camp community. If my staff is prepared to support one another, play alongside one another, other, resolve conflicts that arise, and work as a united team, then orientation in my eyes has been a success. Uh, so that's what today we're going to talk about uh, community building and how to do that and how to achieve that with your staff. Um, we're going to break it up into three parts, kind of the beginning, middle, and end, um, because it should be a theme throughout your entire staff orientation. Um, so I just want to start off with how do you start with community building? Your staff arrive, maybe it's even before you arrive. Beth, what are some of your ideas for that? Well, well, for me, of course, the most important thing um, is relationships. That's what we do at camp. That's why we're at camp. And camp is such a significant part of a young person's life. So we want to make sure that we give them time to build relationships. So we sort of had six key rules when I was directing um, just to make sure um, that we were building community in all aspects. So uh, number one was to get to know your staff members and to really make time to do that. To lead up close was number two. To establish your rules early and make natural and logical consequences known in advance. Um, to put on the brakes when necessary. Um, to always supervise activity, so just to be present. And, of course, to use effective praise. Um, that was really key, so we could catch stuff early and catch them doing it right. Uh, and I think this goes back a little also to what we talked about in one of our previous podcasts about having those core values and making sure that everything you do at leadership training um, revolves around those core values. Um, so for us, um, and this time I have them all written down so I won't forget any, um, it was the four S's test. So safety, is it physically and emotionally safe? Stewardship, are you being a good steward of the environment? Servanthood, are you serving other people and the community? And self-esteem, are you building someone's self-esteem? So for us, it was 
always key at training and throughout all of camp and every activity we did outside of camp together uh, was fun at the expense of no one. Um, so that to me was always really important to making people feel safe and uh, making sure that they felt that they were valued and loved there. So that was really big for me to kind of start things off. Beth, how did you communicate the, those principles to your staff? The four S's or the other ones? The other ones. Um, well, I think well, I put them out. Like they were sitting on a list, so they were visual. Um, but we also, um, you know, in all of the activities we did, we made sure that we were leading by example. Like that was really important. Um, for me, like at leadership training, for example, or on May weekends or any weekends that we had in training, uh, Travis and I were always careful to have all of our prep work done ahead of time and to be present, to be there. We weren't, you know, running off copies in the office at the last minute or planning for tomorrow's session because we weren't quite ready. It was key that everything was done and that we were there to be the first ones to meet, to greet, to help carry luggage, to sort of do all of those things. That was important. Cool. Sounds good. How about you, Gab? Um, so I, much like, much like Beth, uh, relationships are huge. We try to focus on three things. We want to honor the self. So the individual, uh, honor the team, um, give them a lot of opportunity to, to play, learn, work together, uh, and honor camp. So what are things that are special that we can introduce to staff and, and reintroduce to staff that have been there for 10, 12, 13 mm -hmm. years, something new for them that connects them to camp. Um, one of the things that I think uh, is very important when coming into a new team is to know that I'm going to be recognized here. So uh, a, a cool thing to do um, is to get information, fun information about all of your staff members, new and old, and have them posted around camp that mm -hmm. are things like, did you know that Gab went to uh, South Africa for two months? Um, did you know that? And you can do that in when you're meeting new staff members through interviews. You, you know, we find out some um, some details about them. You have them posted all around camp, and it's kind of like, wow, these they paid attention to me, and this is a way I get to. to and he, I'm in camp. I'm all over um, all over the place, and you get to learn some some interesting facts about um, other staff members. The trick is you want to do that. For returning staff members, you want information that maybe their friends don't even know. And, of course, it's mm. all sort of information that they would be fine having up. We don't want to break trust that way. And another way of, of um, recognizing or an activity that we like to do very, very simply at the very beginning of orientation, once all of our staff are there, is put up a big map. And they put uh, dots on the map of where they're from. Um, so let's say we'll use three colors. Um, red is for the individual, where I'm from. Yellow is for my parents, where they are from. And uh, green is for my grandparents, where they're from. And you get to see Great this idea. beautiful multicolor map of where everybody's coming from. And then you tell a special story about your grandparent. Choose a grandparent and talk about your grandparent. And in a way, we're saying, you know, we all come from different places, but, you know, we have something to share. Um, and that can link into so many different sessions on, you know, campers and where they're coming from. And when you first see them, you don't actually know who they are. You need to get to know them, all these type of things. So at the very beginning, what we try to do is, is really um, honor the self so that they feel like we're paying attention to them and have camps set up in a way that, that it, like Beth said, is ready for their experience. We, we, do, yes. we do manual labor, but 
it looks like camp is ready to go. Cool. That's great. Um, so rolling off of that, my first 48 hours of staff training is, uh, we were playing, we were playing alongside mm-hmm. each other. We were playing games, we we're playing icebreakers. Um, that's, I think is really, really critical. Um, so our staff, they get here, they move in, um, we do a respect circle, which is how we always start every camp session. And then we go right into, to basically 48 hours of playing games and, um, we, one of the people that we really utilize is Tom Heck, who we had mentioned on a previous podcast would be here. And um, due to scheduling conflicts, he's going to be joining us. So we're actually doing a second part to this podcast where we uh, talk specifically with him. And he has some great ideas and tools. And I always bring him in during staff training to do a day of training with, with my staff. And he's phenomenal. Um, and I can't wait for, for him to be shared with this community because I think you guys will gain a lot from him. Um, but it's little things like we made the transition instead of doing our upper council fire the first night for our evening program, which is a ritual. There's a lot of um, reverence and ceremony that comes with that. Instead of doing that the first night, we do that the second night. The first night we play a big game of capture the flag, which is a huge evening program for us as well. Everybody loves it. It's there. I mean, there's chanting, suit up, suit up. You know, it's a big deal. And just that opportunity for them to play alongside each other, um, see what skills are there. I mean, yes, we're a non-competitive camp, but um, I think it's a great way to break down some some barriers. I think that's the, the really key point of play is you can walk in and judge somebody, but then when you're like, running around trying to chase them and tag them, you kind of forget about all that. Everybody's smiling, everybody's laughing and having a great time. Um, so that's really my key focus is that we're playing games and, and I want to model that so that they're doing that with the campers as well in those first 48 hours that they're at camp. Excellent. And I, I think also, Ruby, something that you touched upon that that's really key is uh, with play is uh, laughter. And, and um, there's, I mean, there's proven studies that that that's a very important stress release is mm-hmm. is laughter, um, physical ex- exertion. And if you start right away into sessions, um, that pent up anxiety, even for returning staff, because there's new people and also because they want to prove themselves or in a new role perhaps this year, laughing just sort of takes, you know, takes that energy out. So, you know, you know, getting them to, to run around, having fun is a really, really important part of, uh, you know, starting off your summer right. right. And building community happens when you share experiences. So having those shared experiences of playing and, you know, those memories really help to build community. For us, um, we always made sure that every event that we held was broken down into four components, and we had at least one of the components in each program, which really helped us to have a a good balance in in training. Um, And so, of course, we had a CAMP acronym for that, um, and it was actually CAMP. So um, C was for community, so laying a really solid foundation. Uh, A was for attention, so we were making sure that we were really supporting staff at all times. M was for magic. Um, so all of those special little touches that you add and P, uh, which is what Ruby just said was play, um, to spend time with them. Um, and so we incorporated a lot of things to make sure all of those things went really well and smoothly, uh, for new people and for returning people. So we had staff pals. So when someone new was hired, usually in January or February, we hooked them up with somebody who was relatively close by to them geographically, if we could, uh, and we 
we had the returning staff member contact them. Now, I, I chose the returning staff members very carefully. Um, and so they would contact them by email or by telephone or if they could, uh, you know, get together for a coffee, something like that, so that when they arrived at camp, the new person already had a familiar face um, and they had already heard, you know, some good things about camp um, and good stories about camp, which is why I chose that staff member very carefully. Um, we also had guardian angels every year at training. So um, it, it, this was a secret and the new staff member never knew, but they were given a guardian angel for the week. Um, we actually started it at the May weekend and, and it continued into the June training as well. Um, and so they looked out for their person, you know, made sure that they were checking in with them, uh, you know, once or twice through the day, sitting with them at meals sometimes, like nothing where they were really obviously attached to the person. Um, but you just knew that somebody was looking out uh, for that new person as well as yourself. Um, and we also would... Um, have game floaters. So um, on the first few nights of training, I would secretly assign some of the returning staff members to act as floaters. Um, and so they were always watching out for the new people to make sure they were never left without a partner. Um, you know, those kinds of things. Um, at mealtime for me, it was always essential. It was a big pet peeve of mine to make sure there was always a place for everyone. So whomever was setting had to be sure that they counted three times because there's nothing worse than coming into a dining hall and there's no place for you to be. Um, and always finding creative ways during training weekends and during the 10-day period of training um, for us was to figure out creative ways to have them mingle at each meal so they were always sitting with new people. Um, and then you never had to worry especially if you're a new person about where you had to sit because you were told, um, you know, if, you know, we line them all up and from the last digit of their phone number starting at zero to nine and then divide them up, um, you know, into groups of eight and sit them at tables together. Um, but those ways were sort of behind the scenes things that made sure all of that play that we did too um, for those first couple of days, which would for us happen in May, um, were going really smoothly and we could try to take as much anxiety out of that process as possible for people who were new to camp and new to staff. So if they had been LITs or something the year before, um, staff can be, training can be quite intimidating if you've never been before. I think that, I think that's great. And I think that what you're teaching your, those staff members, Beth, is that, um, you know, how we treat new if they learn how they can treat new staff members well, then um, I think that's going to reflect on your new clients that are coming in, and and even those second year clients that maybe not be that are not as well known. You're teaching them to look for mm -hmm. um, those gaps that are that are existing and and and, and sort of and breach them and uh, or bring them together. And when you have um, this opportunity, it only takes you know ten minutes to sit with some of your veteran staff members and say, okay. What are some of the things that we can do during meal times? What does this look like? You know, sort of getting them in on it. You don't have, don't do everything yourself. This is a very important part right. to have, you know, and it's behind the scenes and it's fine, you know, then they're going to become more aware. But I love, I love that the, the sort of this intentional camp behind the scenes. It's really powerful. How about you, Gab? Did you have any others on the beginning of your community building you wanted to share? Um, I, you know, I've mentioned it before, but I think if you have an opportunity to bring in your returning staff early, do it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think, I think ceremonies on how you start camp and make everybody part of, you know, this year's going to be 2014. So the 2014, um, 
um, team and and that now we're nobody's nobody's new. We're all you know. Uh, part of this year, um, those type of ceremonies. You know, we cut ribbons. Uh, we push our director in the lake. Uh, you know, <laughs> she must love that. She does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's only told that she's only told these these events. You know, fifteen minutes before, and she makes it that much more uh, powerful. Uh, you know, a, a celebration uh, barbecue. Uh, you know, the, these, these things that, that you do, whatever you want to do for your, for your team, but making it an important event at the very begin, beginning of your staff training uh, is key. And uh, I think sometimes if you're able to bring in some staff earlier, even if it's a couple of hours, you can get them, they can get their energy out, their excitement out, and then we can talk about how we're going to welcome these new people and what their role is going to look like and uh, why you're so excited that they're coming and to thank them as well. So beginning, important. Very. Cool. Big bang. Love yeah. Love it. Well, let's move on to the middle. So you're, you know, into staff training and how do you continue to build that community? Um, one thing that, that is always a, a model in the back of my mind is uh, Bruce Tuckman's forming, storming, norming, performing model mm-hmm. of how the four steps of a, a group becoming a group. Um, and, and helping your staff work through that. You're, it's probably expected that you're going to have some challenges during staff training that, um, or throughout the summer where people are, are going through that storming process, which is healthy. It's a part of it. You need to do it. Um, so how do you coach them through not only the forming, but the storming and the norming and eventually the performing? Beth, what do you do? What's your middle? We, uh, Every morning during training, uh, they were put into specific groups for the week, uh, for the 10 day period. And, uh, we had them set goals. So right after breakfast, they would sit together with their particular group. Um, you know, I just got journals from the dollar store, um, labeled them all pretty and, um, set them down to decide what their goals would be for the week, for the day, sorry. Um, and then during snack, uh, after camp, uh, before campfire at the end of the day, that group would reconvene and decide how well they did on their goals together. Um, so it was important, um, to have that end piece on there. You just don't want to have them, uh, think about what the goals would be, but to have them actually decide, um, how well they did. And we would have different topics of the day, uh, of what those goals could be in terms of learning new skills or, um, you know, um, finding confidence, those kinds of things. But that was always a a big um, piece for us was to build or to um, to have them come up with goals. Um, concentric circles were always huge for me when I was um, training. Um, so um, it was a great way for staff to get to know each other. So we would spend time doing them, you know, throughout the week and starting out nice and small, um, having questions that are not terribly uh, personal and working our way up to things that are more difficult for them to share um, as we go through the week and as, um, you know, that uh, community bonds uh, and rises together. So having, you know, concentric circle, just uh, you have a half your staff on the outside looking in and the other half and a circle on the inside looking out. You change partners up. You do it two or three times before, you know, not too long because you don't want them to get bored. Um, and you ask things like, um, to make life better, I would invent blank. Um, I feel frustrated when, um, one thing I treasure most in life is, you know, you kind of do those kinds of things and you can start off even smaller on your first night with, you know, just my favorite, uh, memory about my grade six teacher was something that's really not, um, hard to share and get into, to bigger things. Um, 
the other thing that I like to do, um, I, we were big on journaling when I was directing, um, was to give them gratitude journals um, and to have them write in them each day. Now, for us, we did it uh, every night at the start of our staff Bible study, um, but they had to write five things for which they were grateful for that day um, and only that day. So they had to pertain to that particular day. Um, and then um, after a few years, I had them also record things that they did that day that they were really proud of. And they found that to be a lot harder to do. Um, but the great thing about it was that it got them to focus. And, and we all know the, the studies on how important gratitude is. Um, but it also, if we were having a really crappy day in July, uh, I'd get them to take those first five minutes of our staff Bible study and go back and read some of the things that they wrote. And all of a sudden, um, things the mood could just change. So uh, gratitude journals were big for us. So that was a way to kind of keep them on track and keep them on the focus of what we were at camp for. Gabs? That, uh, that concentric circle thing, I call that speed networking. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been the phrase. Before twerking became like a thing. Though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Anyway, Gab, what you got? Um, uh, so it's similar to the speed networking, except um, we get into groups of three and they're people that they probably won't be working with in the, um, during the summertime. And they talk about something that uh, we're at the sort of the halfway point. What do I wish I know more about? What am I worried about um, during this, you know, for the when the campers come? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a little bit of uh, a support group um, where people try to just basically, we, we coach them on how to listen. So you say, I hear that you're nervous about this. Um, I hear that you've tried that. And then, you know, is there something that we can help you with? So we sort of coach them. It's a little bit awkward at first, but then they get used to to that type of conversation, and it's uh, it's it's very very helpful. And with the with the um, the different phases of of group development, the storming phase is really about um, when reality hit when expectations hit reality. So I have my idea. I'm going to make my, you know my best friends at camp, and I'm going to be a stellar kayaker, and then sort of my the reality it's me swinging into that wall of reality i didn't i don't have time to get up and run every morning i'm kind of tired so we talk a little bit about what is our reality what what did i think camp was going to be like and what am i a little bit disappointed about what do i have power over and what don't i and sort of getting them to voice that and they usually do that over on cue cards so and they can and they give it in to me and they do put their name on it and i read through it so uh, some of it, there's alarm bells that go off, so I'm able to go talk to the person. And some of it's like, I really thought I was going to be in this cabin, but now I'm not, but that's okay. <laughs> and you're like, okay, check. great. But what, what I do check. is, yeah, check, done. So what I do is I go and, and some of them I do talk to. I mean, then we talk about coming forward. When, when did you notice that this was an issue? When did you notice? Was it two days ago? Was it an hour ago? Was it only when you started to write it down? So they start to become aware of what they're dissatisfied with. And uh, they start to learn that it's okay to come forward. So we, we want to do that. And uh, we also usually do a fun night activity um, around that time. Um, just as another staff bonding thing, something that's walking through the net, you know, in the evening when it's dark outside, some sort of, depending on what group it is, if it's a high energy or low energy, but now that they know each other, we want to serve up the the cool factor just a little bit. And uh, I'm usually a checkpoint and I usually have a lot of chocolate that I give out. (laughs) And, um, 
always good. Yeah, and I do my work. I'm in my office, and they come, and they're telling me all their stories and what happened, and I'm giving them chocolate. And uh, <laughs> it's a well-deserved chocolate, yeah. That's excellent. Cool, cool. Um, one of the things that was unique when I came to, to Green River was all of our campers, all of our staff go out on a camp out during, three times throughout the summer. So the entire camp leaves out on a backpacking trip on the preserve. And so to prepare for that during orientation, we do a full staff camp out. So it's, you know, 50, 60 people that are out camping at one of our sites. Um, and they set up tarps and they carry the gear like the kids do. And we all cook together. Um, and what's great about that is it sets up time for some unstructured time for the staff to just hike. Um, so they're hiking together. There's not necessarily a leadership team member with them. There's, you know, going to be a return staff member and they can ask some of those questions that are less comfortable for them to ask directly to a director. And it gives time for the return staff to share, you know, this is our staff culture. This is how we hold people accountable. Um, these are some of the real answers to some of those tough questions. Um, but it also just allows that unstructured time. I love that um, Laura from Camping Coast to Coast talks about the, the two hours in a field. You know, you have two hours in a parking lot, and you've got to create camp and create that magic. Right. And that's our evening program that night. We get out there. We do the, the skills. We talk about how camp out runs. We practice. We cook dinner. And then it is two hours in a field. Entertain yourself. And um, I think that's a great opportunity for them to to see who else has similar interests. Maybe this group is starting a jam session with musical instruments. Maybe this group is exploring some cool places. Um, a great opportunity to just sit down and talk and have a conversation with folks. It's also a great opportunity for me as a leadership team person to just sit back and observe and see who's getting along, um, who isn't, doesn't seem to be getting along. And, and that's where I get a lot of my insight for counselor pairings for later on. Um, and it's amazing how you come back from that one night out in the woods and a, the staffer so thankful for their cabins and their showers uh but they're also just a they have that shared experience that is something totally unique to the staff for that summer that they've all experienced together nice very cool i'm doing that <laughs> it's great it's yeah not a lot of fun logistically but if you get it put it's together, worth it it's phenomenal it's worth it um as i said before for us building relationships is the key part of camp. So we always make sure um, that we are opening them up to as many of those opportunities as possible during training. So um, we would give them wellness partners, uh, which became affectionately known as wellies. Although I did have a male staff member try to convince me that that wasn't a tough name and that I should change it to wingman. But um, uh, we called them wellies. And so those were partners that I chose for them that by putting together personality types and those kinds of things. And, and they were given um, an introduction to their wellie. But the, the important part was it wasn't just a chance for them to mix with somebody new. A wellness partner um, was somebody who... that was there for them throughout the whole summer. So they are a person they're responsible for, responsible to, for the entire summer. So um, they get to check in with each other, and we would offer these times sometimes during staff meetings and throughout the summer, uh, but certainly uh, during leadership training. But it's the responsibility of the wellness partner to take care of that other person. So they're the person who could say to them, wow, you look really tired, and you need to go to bed early tonight. Or, you know, you've had a really rough day, and you're starting to sound cranky. 
what's going on. Like they were the person that was allowed to do that. Um, and we still, I still see on Facebook, honestly, 10, 12 years later, them, uh, you know, writing to or posting a status saying, Hey, Welly, how are you doing? And that was a Welly that they had 12 years ago and they still call them their Welly. So, uh, if they came back again the following year, they were given a new Welly, but Wellies were important. Um, the other thing I like to do was to set them up with a person outside of camp. So, um, they were set up with an alumni or a board member, uh, and for us, often members of congregations. And that person was uh, looking out for their staff member for the course of the summer. So they were given a letter um, at the beginning explaining all the responsibilities and certainly a thank you card from me at the end of the summer for being such a good uh, caring person for one of our staff members. But every staff member had a different person, and that took a long time to set up, but it was totally worth it. So they would get emails from this person outside of camp. They would get letters, which was always great because, you know, letters are so much more special than, um, than just a a phone call or just an email. They would sometimes get a phone call, um, but they used to sometimes get care packages as well. Um, so that became a bit more difficult when certain people were annoyed that their person got sent that, you know, somebody else sent them a a pair of care package and they didn't get one. Um, but it was a really neat way for them to connect with someone outside of camp who was supportive, supportive of that camp ministry and, um, was telling them that they were doing a good job and encouraging them. That was really big. Um, and one of the other things that I love to do every year, um, and I did this differently every year, but, um, was to do a visual of, check-in on how we were doing building community as a whole. So one year I had a big glass vase that I got and I filled it, I didn't fill it, they filled it, but I had all kinds of different colored beads um, in smaller jars next to it. And each day um, at certain times I'd give them during snack at night or after a meal on their way out the door, they had to go and choose one of the beads and put it in the jar. And the beads, uh, it was explained on a card in front of each jar what the beads meant. So uh, maybe all of the purple beads meant when you saw an example of someone being really caring, that's what a purple bead was. When you saw someone who was really responsible, that's what a black bead was. When you saw someone who was really trustworthy, that's what a red bead was. So at the end of the night, we could take a look at our vase and see what colors we're filling and maybe share some of those examples, uh, but also see which ones weren't in the jar and what we needed to work on. So it was just a nice visual to be able to show them and they participate in how we were building our community um, and where they thought we needed to go next. I love that idea. Gab, did you have something else for the middle? No, I think, I mean, I'm just taking notes actually. Like, <laughs> this is good stuff. <laughs> My staff train is going to be off the hook this summer. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think, I think that the point is, is that, you know, recognize, uh, be flexible with, uh, with the team that you have every summer is a different um, staff group. Uh, see what see what they need, but understand that, as Beth said, relationships are very very important, especially in the in the beginning. And how do we provide time to reflect, um, uh, connect, and you know process basically? Mm-hmm. So that's basically reflect and process together. But that's okay. So you know, I, I think it's like what works for you guys, and do that early on. Try to plan it early on. Um, you know, but uh, I'm loving this. Let's continue. <laughs> Rolling off of that, um, kind of the processing, reflecting, one of the things we did this year was we went to another camp to do a combined staff training. Michael Brandwine came in and did staff training for several camps. Love that. um, 
what was really great was my staff getting to see a whole different camp, a whole different camp mm-hmm. culture to meet some folks who were in the same profession and doing a similar job, but we're clearly doing it in a little bit different way. Um, and so this year we're actually doing an ultimate Frisbee game against one of the other camp staffs in the area, which I'm so excited about. Um, but I think that was so valuable just for them to, to get that perspective of what we have is really special and what we're doing is really different from other camps, but we are also doing a lot of the things very the same, very much the Mm -hmm. same. Um, but I, I really saw my staff gel over that. And the discussions we had afterwards were really interesting. Um, and I, I think it was just a, a valuable experience for them to take ownership and pride uh, in the community that we built. Yeah, I think if you can do that, um, I, we've done it a couple of times. We're trying mm-hmm. to match it up again this year. It's, it's amazing. And you can use the leadership team from other camps to run certain sessions um, the, the mingling, the, the, everything is very, it's a really, really, really powerful teaching tool. Um, yeah, we love it. It's great. Cool. Well, let's move on to the closing. You get to the end of leadership training and how do you charge your staff with now we've built this great community? Uh, how do you validate that community that you've built? Um, how do you help them carry that through the summer? Where, what's your jumping off point there, Beth? For us, uh, the Friday evening, so our last night of uh, our training, was always a really special night. And um, the more I directed, the harder it became to top the year before because um, you wound up <laughs> really having to work hard. Um, but often we would uh, have a very special meal uh, and have them dress up for the meal, have the leadership team serving them, you know, dressed in black and white, uh, strolling minstrels, uh, you know, whatever we could come up with, towels over our arms, you know, the whole bit, um, trying to make it really special. Uh, one year, um, we also had a gift exchange. And so, you know, drew names and gave a gift to someone, uh, which has become part of the end of summer uh, experience now, rather than just at leadership training. Uh, and often there's a coffee house at night, so staff can share their talent um, and appreciate each other and all kinds of talents. Like we had uh, one year, a staff member actually showed us a math problem, um, which was an amazing thing uh, because he couldn't sing or dance. Um, But, you know, those kinds of things to share those uh, talents and gifts that we had. We also have something at the end of every week. So we start with it at leadership training called GMICs or Great Moments in Camping. Uh, There is a book that still exists. Uh, We bought, Travis and I bought the book in 1997. Uh, I was at camp visiting last year and it's still there. (laughs) The book looks like it needs a bit of duct tape love, but um, it was an art book. And each year, a different staff member is asked to design a cover page for that particular year. And the staff can go around. They do it once a week at staff meetings and they give uh, great moments in camping. So these include, these are not like just the funny things that happened, but these include uh, recognition for going the extra mile, uh, for building people's self-esteem and for putting other people first. And um, then the book is passed around and these uh, are recorded for posterity. So it's fun for alumni to visit and go through the GMIC book uh, and see uh, the memories that have been recorded there. So that one is not an original idea of ours. We got that from Jeff Bradshaw of Camp Winona. Uh, He shared us with us the great moments in camping. So we've used it ever since. Cool. How about you, Gab? Um, so same thing, you know, we do a banquet and, uh, you know, sort of big celebration. Uh, but I think one of my, 
one of my favorite things. It's really simple, but we sit around, uh, pass a candle around, and we talk about what our <laughs> hopes are for um, for when the campers arrive. Uh, what do I hope I'll be able to to you know to do? And um, at the end of the summer, we do the what I did and what I'm proud of. And um, it's it's just a time that people are are really had that moment of. Ex- feeling what they had experienced if you know we did our job well they feel very very connected uh and and it's just an opportunity to to uh, look at you know you know kids are coming tomorrow basically when when we're close to that end and we also do a little mini slideshow um mm-hmm. of all of the kids from last year and uh, we just flashed them up very quickly on our screen with with music and then we end with sort of the peter Katz camp camp song mm-hmm. at the very end um and and sort of you know, it just gets them so into, you know, the campers coming tomorrow. And uh, so we, we really try to celebrate, um, you know, what we're about to do. Uh, and then, of course, I do a little a little speech on things that I noticed and some funny things and some, some uh, sentimental things. But I try to reflect a little bit so that it comes from myself and from Jackie, um, you know, you know, our experience. So they understand what we experienced, what we learned uh, during that time. Um, I think that theme of having some sort of celebration together is, is so critical. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen that as, you know, just simply having the staff talent show the last night of staff training. Um, we do ice cream and, and, um, caramel cake at our director's house, uh, the night before as kind of a, you know, Oh, let loose. Like we've gotten through it. We're moving on. Um, but our, one of our last kind of community building commitments I think that's made is we set our goals for the summer the last day of staff orientation so the last morning we talk about that stuff um, and then we also even though we're a non-religious camp we create prayer flags and so everybody gets a square that they get to draw on and it's totally up to them they can design and put whatever they want to do and then um, our executive director puts them all together and displays them up in the dining lodge and they've we've just started that back within the last couple of years so we have two sets of those up right now and I'll say not only is it a great reminder, I mean, you can just kind of nudge somebody and say, hey, look over there, remember your flag. Um, but it's also a great marketing tool uh, because I've had <laughs> I've had parents that have come in and our dining lodge is, is great about showing our camp culture. And that's something that always speaks to the parents. That mm-hmm. It's this really cool visual representation of the commitment that the staff have made. Um, so I, I think it's, it's twofold and it, and it serves a great purpose. It provides that opportunity for reflection um, as well as, you know, displaying that commitment to the community to see throughout the summer. Nice. We did something very similar to that, Ruby. We, uh, we've, you know, change it up each year, but we did one where I got all these, uh, glow in the dark stars. They, you could get them at the dollar store. And, um, so they did the same thing. They, uh, you know, talked about their, um, wishes for the summer, their hopes, their prayers for the summer. And, uh, our dining hall was very large. The ceiling is very tall. Um, but we had, uh, the next day a maintenance man put all of these on the ceiling of the lodge uh, and they stick there and they're still there. And that was some 10 years ago and they're still up there. So at night, uh, if you're having an indoor campfire, uh, because in Muskoka bugs get really bad in June and July. Um, so there's a lot of indoor campfires. You can still see them and they glow. 
and you'll watch staff just take a look up and just see them there so it's an, a nice reminder um, one of the things we also used to do at the end of every training which we then did at the end of every week in the summer as well was we gave out the eye of the eagle award so in celtic spirituality um, the eye of the eagle meant that um well, the eagle has really sharp vision and is able to see things at great distances. So somebody who had the eye of the eagle sees beyond the day-to-day and notices the small things. So this person may pay great attention to detail in a program area or notice when someone's not fitting in and tries to do something about it. Um, and so this was also a way to really notice the people who weren't the you know, in true colors, weren't the oranges who dressed up and put on the costumes and did all of those things and were center of attention um, throughout camp. But um, they were the ones who were often more quiet, but they did all of these special things in the background. So it was really prestigious to receive the Eye of the Eagle Award. And through the summer, they would give one to uh, the counselor, a counselor each week, and one to a program staff person, um, because often their responsibilities were very different. And... uh, Many times we would do something called It's a Wonderful Life. So um, like the movie, um, we would call out the name of a person and the rest of the staff would have a chance to describe what camp would be like if that person was not a part of the community, what wouldn't get accomplished, um, what skills would be lacking, um, you know, what amazing things we would be missing. So it was a great time of affirmation for the staff member and allowed them to see themselves how the rest of the group saw them. So that was a pretty cool experience. Uh, And I've done it too, where we would put the person lie them down on the floor and have a whiteboard above their head and everybody wrote on it and then we could take a photo of that and then post those um, around the staff lounge or around the dining hall too but it was just a neat little um, affirmation was really nice well gab do you have any other thoughts on um, closing out that community building for training uh no i i love this i you know uh i think the the the, the one thing that I think is important um, before you start with campers, I said no, and then I went into a, <laughs> a sentence. None of us noticed. All right. <laughs> no, let me continue. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry about that. But uh, I, I think if you, if you have, as a director, if you have anything that you're noticing in some of the staff that, that you're not happy about or that you see some friction or there's some things that are a little bit unresolved, it's really important to try to do that before the campers arrive um, and set your expectations clear. And sometimes uh, we get staff training for me, and this is what I express to my family and friends that are not from the camping community, that staff training in the first two weeks of camp are by far my busiest time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so important that you're there all the time, 100%. uh, You know, it's go, go, go. And in that time, when you have something in, your, in, in the pit of your stomach that's like, ugh, this is a little bit off, or mm, I'm sensing something, I, you know, address it. Address it right away. You don't have to have, you know, cold facts. You can just say, this is what I'm sensing. I'm sensing that you're not connecting. You know, I'm sensing that you're frustrated. And, and, it, and I, you know, this is a, for me, at the, near the end, um, of course, do it as soon as possible, but... For sure, for sure, even if you have a million things to do before your campers arrive, um, make sure that you tie up any loose ends uh, so, that, so that we're starting on the right foot. And, and those staff members will thank you for it you know, because they'll feel good about when, once their kids come. And so that's something that I really make a point 
um, I go through all of my my staff cards and I make two piles, one that I think they're doing well and one that I don't think they're doing well. And if they're if I think they're not doing well, then I make sure I talk to them before uh, before everybody arrives. Amen, sister. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> cool. So I think that brings us now to our recap of the show. So, Gab, tell us what we learned today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well, so, so much, uh, like, it almost feels like staff training. I'm like, how, you know, so much has happened. <laughs> Let me try to recap at the very beginning. I, okay, so basically, find out what your rules are. Make sure that they're clear and present them at the very beginning. Best uh, uh, six key rules. Present your core values. Um, respect circle. Routine. Implement that at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Play and laughter is key to happen within the first 10 hours of camp minimum. Um, how we treat new people is, is going to reflect how we treat our new clients and our returning clients. And acronyms are always helpful, such as camp, community attention, magic, and play. And creating shared experiences is going to create a team. So that's at the very beginning. Uh, middle, um, want to come up with goals, journaling, um, small group discussions, reflection on uh, the expectation and reality uh, collision, um, wellness partners, and um, you know if it's possible, have some sort of fun uh, nighttime activity. Um, in the end, uh, we want to reflect back on the great moments of camping, banquet, celebration, ice cream, fudge, cake, all of the above. <laughs> Food seems to be very important at the very end of camp. Um, prayer <laughs> flags in the dining hall, dining room, um, stickers, glow-in-the-dark stickers um, of stars. Put them up in your lodge or in your dining room. Uh, awards are very helpful, and celebration of uh, individuals are also also key and, of course, reflecting on the fact that campers are arriving tomorrow and getting them psyched about that. Um, I, I would just like to say that I hope that there's a huge surge of... My, my guess is that there's going to be a huge surge of people putting up um, prayer flags or maybe sort of goal flags in their dining room and also stars in their <laughs> lodge or dining room because this is so magical and it's so easy to do, and it is a great marketing tool. So I'm hoping that we're going to see all of a sudden all these camps have these uh, glow-in-the-dark stars <laughs> and flags everywhere. And, the dollar stores uh, will be sold out. Yeah, as usual, they stock up. You know, <laughs> May 1st, they're like, oh, we only have a month, quick. <laughs> we're going to put up constellations, I... just so you know. Oh, nice. Yeah, I like that, too. That's a great idea. Go into the goal, uh, the glow in the dark um, stars. I'm yeah. like, you don't even realize it's happening. <laughs> so good. Yeah, they're going to be everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Um, so we want to invite all of you all to join us uh, on the hashtag Camp Code and get involved. Um, tell us using that hashtag what topics that you would like to discuss. Uh, any guests that you'd recommend that you think would be great to join in in our conversations. Um, any great leadership training tips that you want to share, and we just want to hear from you because this industry is all about sharing. It's one of the things that makes us makes it great. Um, so let's start with you, Beth. Can you share uh, just how to get in touch with you if, if folks want to hear more from you? Absolutely. And before I do that, I just want to put it out there that um, camp community building is 
and will always be my passion in camping. It was my favorite part. Um, I have thousands of ideas that I didn't get to share in this podcast. So if you are interested in hearing from me, uh, I would love to talk to you about it. Um, and I've written a couple books on the subject and so I can pass information on to you. Um, if that's something of interest to you and I am working with this lovely designer named Gabrielle rail, who's helping me, uh, to, to put those books together. Um, so you can reach me at Beth at walkingmaverick.com or find us, uh, Travis and I on camphacker.tv or, uh, on hashtag at camphacker. Cool. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with me, Gabrielle, um, rail, you can check out where I work at waro.com. O U A R E A U. You can follow me also on the Twitter bird at <laughs> Gabrielle rail. Um, and, um, and yes, those are the two main places you can find me. <laughs> I wish I had more, but that's, I can't, I can't. As long as we kids. can find you, that's what's important. Yeah. Get in touch with Beth and then she will get in touch with me. Super, super. Um, and again, if you want to get in touch with me, um, Ruby, you can find me at ruby at greenriverpreserve.org. We also just launched a new website here within the last week or so. So please check that out. Um, and then I'm also on Twitter, rubylynn85. Um, and for our next podcast, we're actually really excited to be talking about how to train our staff on boring topics. There are things that always are classified typically as boring or, you know, <laughs> oh, we have to slog through this. So we are going to present a whole podcast to you all about some ideas, some fresh ways to share that information. So training on boring topics is coming up next. Um, our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership trainings. And we'd love to hear some of your most memorable moments and most effective tips. Remember, you can tell us using the hashtag camp code. And Gab, I think, is going to tell us this month about our, our best practice. Yeah, so our best practice is, it's as we talked about uh, on this podcast, is uh, community and community building. And, and one way to feel part of a community is really understanding the information that um, we're giving to our staff members. And so this is sort of a two-part. How do you highlight somebody that might not have been highlighted during staff training and also, uh, you know, staff members that are maybe a little bit more visual learners, how to help them out in, in longer sessions. So um, Travis Allison did a really cool thing uh, with Laura, who uh, tweets on um, Camp Coast to Coast. Is that is that what it is? Yeah, Camp Coast to Coast? or Yes. Okay. Something like yes. <laughs> yeah. It's very cool. We'll put her in the show notes. Um, anyways, <laughs> basically, uh, have somebody doodle um, images and words. You can doodle words as well, like make them bold and fun and funky. Um, as somebody's giving a session, you grab, you know, big butcher paper, give them marker, and they can, um, you know, highlight certain key points in, in a session visually. And I'll, I'll tell you that for somebody like myself, who's very much a visual learner, listening, um, looking at these doodles, writing my own notes, it's just, you just absorb the information, but it's also a really cool way of saying, uh, we respect different learners here, as well as an opportunity to show, showcase somebody that might not be, um, as Beth said, like the orange that stands up and is great at, you know, uh, being public speaking, but has amazing little doodling skills, which is a, is a very important skill. So that is uh, one of my best practices. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening and please join us on the hashtag camp code. Please remember. 
No other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.